0: You know, kind of in
1: those certain short situations, your antennas go up for, you know, kind of those possibilities. I knew they were in a five-man rush with nobody behind. But Morning than anything, I just got to be more patient. I had great protection, you know, let everything develop, play it out, and then at that point, you know, decide when to scramble. Um,
0: and that's just a work in progress, something I, you know, I have to get better at. You know, we're working on it week by week.
1: Jaguars quarterback Garner Minchu. You got to get better. Simple as that. You know what I like about Minshew though, and we talk about this all the time, but even the the, the older soundbite that we played later, uh, you know, earlier in the show, basically where he talked about um, stuff's not right now in the locker room. Let's just say, and you know, he used an adjective that I cannot repeat, in for sake of the FCC, my boss, and our sponsors, but I just listen through this whole thing right now. Let's be honest; it's not going good for the Jacksonville Jaguars. They're one and three. Okay, not a good look. But I like the fact that even regardless of that, he's still remaining true to himself, right? And I think – and say what are talking about Nick Foles, you know, and if you saw his performance um, in Chicago this past weekend, eh, not the best. But, like, I think Nick Foles rubbed a lot of people the wrong way because when things went bad, which they did last year as well, you know, Foles was kind of like, hey, you know, like it's kind of like the rah-rah. It's going to be okay, guys. we got to think positively and stuff like that. Now, I'm not saying that's the wrong way to be. But I'm saying if you're trying to cater to a fan base, um, that's the last thing they want to hear. They want to hear it's going bad because that's what we see on TV. So I like the fact that I think Minshew's kind of earned a little more respect from the fan base, even though it's still going bad. But he's earned at least some respect from the standpoint of he is still keeping it 100. As the kids say, he is still being himself. Austin Lane, Action Sports, Jackson ESPN 690. You know, we opened the show today talking a little bit about Gardner Minshew, obviously. And Brent had a, an interesting comparison to Russell Wilson. And, you know, he, he compared the numbers a little bit. And I'll be honest, Brent wasn't wrong. The biggest difference was the fact, though, that they're asking Gardner Minshew to do so much more than they asked Russell Wilson his rookie year. Just because Russell Wilson, let's be honest was surrounded by greatness at running back, greatness as on a defense, and everybody had his back. and greatness as a head coach as well, and Pete Carroll. Minch, on the other hand, unfortunately, doesn't have those luxuries. So to me, it begs the question, and we're getting a lot of comments right now too, um, you know, in, in, our, in our, our feedback here on YouTube,'re on Twitch, Facebook, Twitter. Um, Cruz, what I miss? Ron's mixer, and the mixer's gone. Yep, and, and I can't hear you in the in microphone right now.
0: Oh, good, yeah. There you go. That's because there my volume go. would be down. Oh, good, man. <laughs> uh, you said, what, Twitch, Twitter, Facebook, YouTube? Uh, yeah, it's all. The
1: all way. right, cool. Nailed it. Um, if you will be part of the conversation, you want to give us, give us a call, 904-362-9901, or just call star star 690, and we'll talk about it a little bit. But here's my thing, and I'm seeing all these comments here. Right? And somebody wants to say that Gardner Minshew is a little better than Blake Bortles. Right? Minshew's not the answer. Um, He has glaring physical limitations, I'm seeing. Um, Gardner Minshew is a better Chad Pennington. Oh, man. Um, Minshew just needs to be a game manager. Okay, well, with that one, he can't be a game manager. Because the game that he is managing, he doesn't have the advantage to be the game manager. Like... He can't be Alex Smith right now, all due respect to Alex Smith, obviously. He can't really be a Jared Goff right now. Like He has to go above and beyond um, his capabilities because that offense is really all they have right now. And, and I'm a defensive-minded guy, and I don't like talking bad about the defense. I want to see the defense shine. But let's call a spade a spade. Right now, the defense isn't having gardner Minshew's back whatsoever. And it begs the question, if we keep seeing performances like we saw um, you know, this past week against the Bengals, where you're kind of teeter-tottering if you're Gardner Minshew, where it's like, you know what, that wasn't a bad game. Like, he didn't have a lot of help. He had a misthrow here. He had an interception here. But overall, probably the best thing we've seen in Jackson in a long time. It wasn't necessarily a bad game. Like, can he be the quarterback of the future? Because let's be honest right now, the easy part of the schedule is done. OK, you played the Bengals, you played the Dolphins, you played the Titans, who I get the Titans are going to go ahead and win the division or anything. But the easy part of the schedule is done. You got the Texans right now coming up who mark my words, too. They're going to be fired up and ready to play. There's few greater motivations in the sport of the NFL when a head coach gets fired that you wanted to get fired in the first place. And now you have a respected guy like Romeo Cronell um, coaching you. You want to win it for Romeo because he's a good guy, and you want to win it because you want to prove to everybody in that city and the ownership that, you know what, it was Bill O'Brien's fault. It wasn't the player's fault because how much do we talk about all the time where players sometimes don't take responsibility, right? It's not my fault I missed that play. I was set up for failure. It's the coach's fault. It's the coach's fault. This game right here in Houston this Sunday – This is the ultimate I told you so game for the Houston Texans. If J.J. Watt and company come out and absolutely ball out, you know what's going to happen after that game? They're going to go to the media. They're going to go in the locker room and say, you know what, man, imagine if Bill O'Brien wasn't here the whole season, how good we'd be right now. Like, that's where their mindset's at right now. And and I was a part of the circumstance. I was a part of it back in 2011. We had Jack Del Rio. Now, let's not get it twisted. I always respected Jack Del Rio. I like Coach Del Rio a lot. You know, obviously, he gave me a chance, Um, and I'm super thankful for him for doing that. Defensive-minded coach, you know I'm all about those. Old-school coach, all about that guy kind of guy as well. And also a coach who... Made it a point to be in the trenches with his players as well. And the reason I say that was, and I've told this story before when we had Coach Del Rio on the show, when we were doing conditioning, you know who was toe for toe with us running conditioning as well? Coach Del Rio. So I have a lot of respect for that dude. He gets fired, all right? 2011. Season's not going good. Blaine Gabbard gets inserted. It's just a nightmare, right? Dave Garrard was let go before the team or after the team luncheon. And ever since then, the team has been in parallel. Blaine Gabbert's playing very bad. Del Rio, our defense is underachieving, to say the least. And, hey, I had something to do with that as well. But needless to say, Coach Del Rio gets fired. Enter Mal Tucker, defensive coordinator. A guy who anybody's going to tell you. You go to the, the old Bears rosters that had him as a, a defensive coordinator. You go to the old Jaguars roster that had him as a defensive coordinator. No matter where you go, you go back to Georgia back in his old coaching days, or you go to Michigan State right now. Colorado, if you will. Anybody that comes in contact with Mel Tucker, I guarantee you they're going to say they respect Mel Tucker, okay? Another old-school kind of guy, but to me, he's more of a player's coach. He's not going to really try to embarrass you. He's not going to cuss you out. He's going to treat you like a grown man, okay? Because the NFL, grown man's game. So when Mel Tucker took over as the head coach of the Jacksonville Jaguars for, I think it was four or five games – You better believe all of a sudden we started perking up a little bit. We started practicing maybe just a little harder because we wanted to win it for Coach Tucker. Now, the writing was kind of on the wall where obviously if we would have won, maybe he could have became a head coach of the Jaguars after that. But we kind of knew that wasn't going to be the case. And I think he knew that as well. All we wanted to do was say, you know what? It's a circumstance right now where we're not having a good season. We got a new head coach let's send this head coach or this interim head coach if you will let's send him out the right way so we took it upon ourselves to try to win as many games as we could now did we absolutely not because 2011 was an absolute nightmare and it was a horrible season to be a part of and i'm mad about even talking about it but with that being said though mel tucker got every ounce of effort and every ounce um you know of just focus out of us even though there was no shot of making the playoffs even though we underachieved all season and even though we're in the dog days of the season where it's just like what are we even playing for anymore we still showed up for coach tucker so with that being said we're talking about a team right now the houston texans that's going into week five plenty of football left to play an easier part of the schedule for them they're going to be coming out looking for blood against the jacksonville jaguars and needless to say it could get ugly real quick but going back to gardner Minshew now like i said I kind of go off on a tangent a little bit talking about the schedule, but you got the Texans coming up. You got the Lions coming up. Don't sleep on them. You got the Chargers on the West Coast. We know how those games go. You got the Texans again, the Packers, the Steelers, and the Browns. That's a murderer's row right there. I don't want to see that schedule. I don't think anybody wants to face that schedule. That's a hard schedule right now, you know, and I'll give them the benefit of the doubt. Maybe they win two of those games from what I've seen on film right now from this team, right? Expectations are at all time low right now. Maybe they win two of those games. So what? Now we're talking three and nine, three and ten, not good. And this is where I'm trying to get to right now. I have made it a, a big point. I think Brent Martin disagrees with me a little bit. Where if Gardner Minshew doesn't win games, it doesn't matter how well he does, because at the end of the day, the quarterback position is always tied to wins and losses. Okay, look what happened right now in Washington. Look what happened. Um, I mean, just pick your place. You know, Sam Darling's about to feel the same wrath, if you will. Joe Flacco's playing from that's more of an injury standpoint. But everyone's talking right now, Trevor Lawrence or Sam Darnold? Trevor Lawrence or Sam Darnold? Oh, I'm sorry. Was Sam Darnold not a first-round draft pick a couple of years ago? All this hype out of USC, and now you turn your back on him? That's the way this league works. That's why it's cutthroat. So let's just assume right now. And let's live in a sunshine and rainbows type of world that the Jaguars somehow miraculously pull off five wins this season. You have a five-win team. So let's say you're 5-11, and 11, obviously probably picking in the top eight or so. But what does that mean for the head coach? What does that mean for the GM? I'm not sure how Shad Khan's going to play this one. But gauged off what he's told us in the past, one would assume that Coach's jobs would probably be on the line, on the chopping block. And I don't think five wins is going to get the job done. But my point is, is that if Gardner Minshew plays well, and here's where the silver lining comes in, if Minshew can be the quarterback going forward or not, regardless of how the team finishes. And this is the only way, in my opinion, that Gardner Minshew can save his, you know what, even if the team doesn't do well. It's if this offense keeps looking like they're looking right now. You run the ball well. You have a short passing game. Want to see a couple more long shots. Want to see a couple more long balls of Chris Conley and DJ Chark. But let's assume right now, which this could very well happen. This is in the realm of possibility. Let's assume right now that this offense finds another echelon of where to fire to. And all of a sudden, maybe they're like a top 10 offense in the NFL, if they're not already. You're seriously taking a look at possibly Jay Gruden being the head coach then going forward, assuming that Doug Marone gets let go with a bad record. If you have Jay Gruden upgrade himself from the OC to the head coach now, and keep in mind what we're talking about. We're talking about a very quarterback-friendly head coach and Jay Gruden. We're talking about a very offensive-minded coach and Jay Gruden. Those are the hot commodities right now in the NFL, okay? That's what's in right now. Nobody wants defensive coaches that have been doing it forever, all right? I mean, the Redskins did with Ron Rivera. I'm sorry, I said uh, the Washington football team did with Ron Rivera, but nobody really else. Right. Offensive minded coaches are the hot commodity right now. Jay Gruden fits that hot commodity. So you have to ask yourselves one thing. If this season really goes down in shambles and it's a travesty and you win four or five games, Doug Marone gets fired, and for whatever reason, maybe Jay Gruden becomes the new head coach, well, now what? Because that to me is an advantage for Gardner Minshew. Right. Because regardless, if, if Jay Gruden gets elevated to a head coach position, keep in mind, there's still a lot of football left to play out. We'll see how this all shapes up. But if Jay Gruden elevates himself to head coaching potential, that means one thing that his offense was money. His offense was did better than expected, achieved expectations. If that's the case, that's because of Gardner Minshew had a great season. And if Gardner Minshew has a great season, maybe Gruden takes a look at it and says, you know what? Yeah, our team didn't win a lot of games, but I'm with Minshew. I've coached him. I've educated him. I like what I see here. Sure, this draft coming up in 2021 might have Trey Lance, might have Trevor Lawrence, might have Justin Fields. But you know what? I can win with Gardner Minshew. Let's shore up that defense. Let's shore up our offensive line and let's help Gardner Minshew out here. I could see that scenario taking place if Jay Gruden ends up becoming a head coach, once again, assuming that Doug Marone doesn't make it the entire season. It's interesting. However, if the offense starts to sputter a little bit, if Minshew just plays okay, if we give him a checkmark here, a negative the next week, another checkmark, and let's say that he bats 500, to me, that's not going to be good enough because you're going to have the Dwayne Haskins effect. You're going to have a guy like Ron Rivera come into Washington and say, you know what? You're, you're not my starting quarterback. I didn't draft you. I don't know who you are. I'm just going to sit you. I'm going to put Kyle Allen in, and we're going to draft somebody next year. That's what we're looking at right now for the Jacksonville Jaguars if a new head coach comes in that doesn't already have a tie to Gardner Minshew. Hey, we got some high school football coming up here after the break. Stay tuned. New tournament bracket coming up. Very interesting details. We'll be joined by Action Sports Jax, Stuart Weber. Stay tuned.
0: Brent Martino. How many push ups did you do in three minutes? Did you try the challenge? Austin Lane.
1: I don't, I don't need lactic acid build up when I'm in fight camp. Brent, you kidding me? Take my word for it. I've been more than you.
0: Action Sports Jacks on ESPN 690.
1: Okay, no audio. No audio from Coos who pushes the right button sometimes because you know why? He's getting a little shook up right now about fantasy football. You know
0: why? We were having a heated discussion. That you know good. why? Because yeah. there's
1: a team by the name of Rob Gronkowski's Little Urban Achievers coming for him, and that's a la me, of course, and he's a little shaken up right now. He needs a tight end. He needs a kicker. Doesn't have time to play audio for the show, Kuz. I'm not going to fault you for it, man. If I was playing me in fantasy football, i will be putting my ducks in line as well. Austin land Action Sports, Jacks ESPN 690, joined by Stuart Weber here, who will be here uh, in a second. But before that, I got to talk about, check this out, you guys, ESPN690.com, Athlete of the Week, presented by Honda of the Avenues. We got three more athletes. Um, we got Zeta Washington playing volleyball, Ponte Vita, who I think is a sophomore. I think Brent said we got sophomores. I'm the athlete of the week here. If you're dominant, you're dominant. If you're dominant, you're dominant. Scooby Graham, football, Baker County. And we got Jason Patterson as well, football from Ed White. So vote for your favorite athlete. Um, make it a thing. Give him an award. Um,
0: keep that vibe alive, if you will. Speaking of football, high school football at that. By the way, Baker County. Yep. Uh, they've given up 12 points this year in four wins. Okay. And they have scored... I'm trying to do a little quick math for you. About 165 or so. I mean, is there a Belichick coach in that team or what? He's playing some solid defense over there. They, they'll
1: have a good test this week. Okay. Well, speaking of that, action sports, Jack Stewart-Weber, the best, the best person to talk high school football with. What do we got on the docket now? Yes. Yeah, so What's to, going on?
0: So today was a, an interesting day. You know, we're, we're so used to the last week of the season crunching yeah. the numbers and figuring out who the heck is playing who, you know, the last couple of years. Because it's been numbers, you know, it's yeah. been based on this rating system. Well, 2020 go to 2020. So it's a completely different year this year <laughs> where in order to make the playoffs this year, all you had to do was click. Yes, he's had to show up. <laughs> you, had, you had to say, yes, I want to be in the playoffs this year, which, yeah. you know, it's good. It's it's fine. It's it's such a weird season. You know, you give everyone the opportunity to to get that postseason experience and get a chance to play. Mm-hmm. Um, and an interesting thing too, by the way, for teams that haven't played all ten games, even once you're out of the playoffs, you can schedule a couple more games to try and get that full ten game slate. Sure. The sure. idea is that they want the student athletes to get that full season experience whatever way possible obviously it's probably a great honor for some programs i haven't been in the yeah. playoffs in a while yeah. i mean
1: listen if you're a high schooler you're going to the playoffs that's an exciting um you know time of your life so i get that my question to you is did any teams kind of opt out of going to the playoffs for whatever reason
0: the the major thing where you see that is south florida so okay. miami-dade county palm beach county some of the programs down there who were so behind the eight ball as far as when they were able to actually play mm-hmm. are the ones who aren't Doing the postseason. Okay. Um, be it, you know, they started their season after that deadline to opt in or things of that sort to where it just didn't make sense for them to do it. Locally, everybody's in.
1: So, more down south, you know, obviously where those hot zones were. Sure. I mean, is it more of a lack of. It's not so much that the kids have COVID-19, it's the fact that they didn't have time to prepare and they, they do want to throw like a, a team out there who only practiced for like a week and could get hurt. So it's more of like an injury concern more than a COVID-19 concern.
0: Yeah, that's certainly it. You mean, you're talking about teams that maybe would have played like two, three, four games sure. to then have to jump into a okay. postseason. And, you know, it's it's a district-wide decision down there where they've decided, you know, yeah. we're, we're just going to... We're going to have, you know, extend the season. We still might be able to get in a bunch of games, but you guys go and do your state series. Go do your, your bracket, which yeah. the brackets came out, and I'm looking at a bracket. I'm like, man, what am I looking at a bracket at the beginning of October <laughs> for for high school football? But yeah. uh, that's that's kind of what you're doing. And uh, when we talk about the bracket, here's the thing. Yeah, It's not based at all on what you've done on the field. So random seedings and then coin flips to determine who's home and away. So here's the big question.
1: Why, and I understand some teams probably only got it like four or five games, in, but why do the random seedings, right? Like it still makes sense where, you know, y- your ranked team is going to be ranked higher, so why not reward them? I mean, I get this is a new
0: year for everybody, COVID-19 and all, but still, why go random? Yeah, it's, it is a good question. You know, you, you would think it would be at least somewhat merit-based, but I feel like by doing it this way, it's done now. You know, mm-hmm. and teams are able to plan a little more, uh, which I think is probably the the onus for you know coming up with that idea. The reason why they wanted to do it is because, yeah, now you can set it in stone that okay, Fleming Island is going to host a team from the Panhandle on November 13th. You know, mm-hmm. you can you can mark that down and and be ready for it as opposed to waiting until that last week where all that you know performance on the field determines it, and then you'd have to kind of wait till the end to really figure it out. Gotcha. So, like, did you see, like, any kind of blowback, though?
1: From Listen, because if, if I'm, like, if I'm one of the top teams in the state, right, and I've earned that, if I'm a, if I'm a coach and I have to go to a, an away game and play a, a tough team itself, I'm upset, right? Because you're doing my team a disservice by doing that. So, like, are there a, is there any kind of blowback, I
0: guess, is the real question. Yeah, I mean, we, we might get some of that a little further down the road. Mm-hmm. Uh, if, if you're thinking of, like, a, a situation where locally that might happen, uh, just look at Ponte Vedra, who is currently undefeated, mm-hmm. and... Right now, they have a, a, a bye week. I'm saying a <laughs> bye week because essentially what happened was you have so many teams that it wouldn't fit in the normal size bracket. So you're having some teams have to do play-in games hmm. um, where they have to play the week prior. Okay. So for instance, Englewood and Columbia um, are ranked 15th and 18th <laughs> in that region because it's yeah. just random rankings, random, stuff. random numbers. Yeah. So the, the bottom, you know, whatever number it is, have to do a play-in game to then take on the two seed of Ponavedra. Sure. And so you talk, but the, the point I was trying to make is like Ponte Vedra, who's undefeated, is likely going to have to go to Lake City, Columbia for the first round of the playoffs yeah. against a team that's, you know, historically been very good. Um, they're still figuring things out because they got a late start to the season this year.
1: So is that kind of the matchup to watch right now in terms of Jacksonville in, in the city? Or that's going to be the one to keep an eye on.
0: That'll be a good one. Um, you got Mandarin and Sandalwood meeting in the first round. That's always a fun rivalry game yeah. because those two have been in the same district forever. Uh, how about Oakleaf at Bartram Trail on November twentieth, and you know really what's essentially the the first round for Bartram Trail, and I'm saying Oakleaf Bartram Trail. Heck, it could be Nice. these nice could up, upset sure. Oakleaf in that play-in round. So it, it is. There are a lot of interesting matchups on there to keep an eye on, and and Trinity Christian, a team that you know only behind bowls, has you know so many state championships, and you see locally, uh, they got to go on the road to Baldwin. Who has looked really good this year, and uh, beating all the opponents that they faced, and that'll be an, a fun matchup. You know, sure. they're 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 actually really close to each other, but I don't think they ever play each other, so that'll be fun. So listen, I saw so many questions about this yeah. this whole bracket setup. Sure. So okay,
1: so let's say all right, so let's say one side of the bracket, two teams win.
0: So then do they do another coin flip to see where that next home game is? They already be? have. So, so they've already done the coin flips. And if you look at the bracket on the FHSAA website, okay. you know, you'll have two empty spots in the bracket. Yeah. Right above it, it'll say top team home, bottom team away, or top oh. team away, bottom team home. Okay, so, so there's, there's really an idea so for yeah. planning and stuff like that. So they've okay. already planned all that out as well, yeah. to where you kind of know where that next game's going to be as well.
1: And any concern, obviously, because now it's a bigger bracket, right? There's a lot more playoff games, and I'm not sure like what the schedule's going to look like. I mean, is it oh, it's, it's a weekly game, I assume, right? Any concern for maybe injuries and things like that in terms of...
0: No, because they it, at most, they added one game. Okay, you know, okay. They, so not that, that big of a deal. Yeah, at most, they're adding one game, just when you look at it, and some of the teams had to actually cancel their last game of the regular season because they needed two rounds of play-in games <laughs> to get into that main bracket. It's all, it's all very, it's, it's, hey, it's, it is what it is. They're doing the best they can sure. to make, make it work for the the kids and the schools this year.
1: Well, and that's what it comes down to, right? I mean, it's all about the student athletes. And listen, I, I think given the circumstances of this year nothing you do is going to be perfect right yep. now. No, no. Yeah, and now maybe having a coin flip to decide who's the home team, who's away. Maybe you could have found a better way, but at the end of the day, it's fair, right? It, you yep. may
0: not agree with it, but it's fair.
1: And obviously the best part is that the kids get to play football. I think, so,
0: I think the best part is, is that, you know, knock on wood, this will be the only year we do this. <laughs> yeah, we we sure. go back to a normal based bracket next year where, you know, it, it actually makes sense that, you know, district champs are being rewarded and teams that do better are being rewarded. But uh, for this year, my planning that last week is going to be as easy as it's ever been. I'm already going to kind of know, yeah. you know, where where we're going uh for that first week of the playoffs. Heck, I can I probably do a little bit of that tonight and start planning it out a little bit and Absolutely. And, and building out those uh those schedules. So that'll be good.
1: How how many teams do you see so after this whole thing shakes out, right? And they, and you crowned a champion? How many teams do you see after that playing some more football just for the sake of maybe college recruiting, for the sake of trying to extend the season as long as possible or just for the sake of love of the game? How many schools do you foresee doing that?
0: Locally, I don't see that being as big of an issue as maybe in some other spots. Yeah. Like say a team like Columbia Lake City, you know, they they missed the first two or three weeks of the season because, you know, Lake City was still dealing with COVID-19 at that point, mm-hmm. uh, if they were to get knocked out a little early, wouldn't shock me if they, you know, scheduled in another game or two or three. Mm-hmm. Some of ours, maybe you add an extra game to, to get to that 10. But for the most part, our teams have been, you know, not affected as much as other parts of the state sure. where they certainly haven't. And, and that's when you consider some of these teams that are that are missing games right now. And and that's, that's certainly a part of it. We had three or four games canceled last week. You're having some teams that, you know, if you get one case – then your team goes into quarantine. Then you you lose a game, maybe yeah. two. So uh, while the other team scrambles to go find a new opponent, yeah. you're losing that game off the schedule, and maybe that's one you want to add later on. So you
1: get know that Tennessee Titans, you lose the game. All right, you don't get to make it back up. Yeah. It is what it is. Take that, or do you get to make it make it back up? Probably.
0: When I say lose the game, I don't mean as it, in a result. It's not an L on your record, correct? But you don't get to make that game back up though, or do N- you- not against that specific team. Exactly. You you're, so it's. So, yeah. Let's call it out, Stuart, for the sake of my Titans argument. It's just going in as a PPD, (laughs) as a postponed, canceled, you know. I call it an L. It it, it was a rainout, but it's still an L because you didn't win. Still doesn't affect your random seating at the end of the year. Exactly. (laughs) Last question for you.
1: So you said this is completely random, man. Yes. It's it's absolute chaos.
0: Well, what about in terms of travel? Right, like – random to the point of regions there we go okay yeah, that's they, my last they question. still stick with their normal regions sure um so you know these are the same sort of playoff matchups we would be seeing anyways yeah you know you're not you're not gonna have to go play a team in the keys yeah you know if you're from you know Pensacola yeah yeah so it, it, it still stays where each region plays all the way up until the final four when the four regions then tend to face off so uh no no problem there uh, though the, you know some of these regions are pretty far far stretched now yeah And some of our teams actually lucked out a little bit when it comes to these matchups that they're getting. Uh, For instance, let me see if I can find it real quick. I had it there a second ago. Yeah, so you talk about like Lee, Middleburg, and St. Augustine, all local teams, right? Uh, Their region is one that stretches all the way out to the panhandle, uh, and they're all at home. Okay. So you've got teams from Escambia, Fort Walton Beach, and Lynn Haven all having to make the trek all the way across the Panhandle to come over here and play those teams Whew. in the postseason. That's that's kind of one of those spring break drives right there, man. Where if you you know what I'm saying? It's been historically tough for teams from our area to go to the Panhandle sure. and win in the playoffs as well because sure. it's it's not easy. It's a four four Dang. hour drive sometimes. High school football, man. No one talks is better.
1: Action sports, Jack Stewart Weber. I appreciate it, man. Yeah. Hey, by the way, yeah. fa- fantasy Big Brother. Yes.
0: I don't watch Big Brother. I'm doing great. But what is that all about? You just pick contestants that are, are going to go far? Yeah, you draft at the beginning of the year. So I drafted – uh, you and, and you and Coos are in this together. We're in two separate leagues. Oh, wow. Addiction much? Okay, go on. Let's hear it. No, no, no. I'm not in two leagues. He's in oh, a different league than I am. Okay, I thought you meant you're in two no, leagues. No, we don't together. run with the same circle. Uh, and, I got you. you, know, I, got you. I, I got my, you. I got you. But my people, yeah, no, we're we're pretty serious about it. I'm, I've got some uh, – <laughs> <laughs> I've got some cash invested in this thing. I'm, okay, I, high stakes. I'm, and I'm leading. I'm high stakes, so, big brother? You know, Cody, Cody, keep winning those competitions for okay. me. Enzo, if you want to sneak in there and okay. uh, go win a POV or a veto, well, that'd be great. Well, let me go. ask you
1: this real quick before we let you go. Yeah. What was your criteria of taking your first round pick in terms of big brother, fantasy big brother, I guess you call it? I picked a winner. I picked yeah, but I mean, like, how, how do you know? So I don't this year this was, was an all-star cast, so we've okay. seen
0: all of them in previous seasons. Okay, so personality is a big thing, I guess, Personality right? is, too. Now, right. there's a couple games. There's a, what was that, Chris? I said social games. Social games. Practice. So there, there is a there's two different ways you can go when you're thinking about points because you get points for winning competitions, but you also get social points like if you're crying, or if you're making out with people. That hasn't if happened this cry, season. If you cry, you get points. Yeah, if you cry, you get points.
1: This is absolutely insane. <laughs> you,
0: you, unbelievable, yeah, no, you two. Yeah. Oh, unbelievable, yeah. you two. But, the, but these are things you, you have to You think you know some people, and then I, I hear big fantasy big brother. These are I'm things like, you have to consider when you're drafting these uh I guess so, man.
1: Strangers, by the way. It's called strangers. They're not. They're strangers. You don't know who they are. I've seen their seasons before. Okay, you've seen their seasons
0: before. I hadn't seen all their seasons. So,
1: strangers. For you. Um, for coos. people, Well, that's I why picked, I'm in first That's, in like first. that's why
0: Ku is it. But. To be fair, the people I picked were people I knew, so they were the more recent. Yeah, that's poor to strangers. Yeah. I, I go mean, competitors. I don't go with the social gamers. I go with the ones who are going to win the competition. Okay. It's, it, it's it, got it, it, first it, right now. It, it's really amazing
1: just how far fantasy sports have come. Like, I mean, I get fantasy football. I, I don't really get fantasy baseball. It's way too much work. But fantasy big brother. I'm sure there's fantasy dancing with the stars. Survivor. fantasy bachelor. Man, the whole world of fantasy, man. Why not though? It's good stuff. We when you, we when you escape reality for a couple hours, especially go to that especially now. Yes. Yeah, exactly. It keeps you busy. Mm-hmm. Stuart, Weber, thanks for stopping by, man. Good to see you. You got it. Cool. Hey, when we come back, we'll talk a little NBA before we uh, go off the air here. And also, what are you guys watching tonight? I want to know Big what you guys brother. are watching, Big, Big Brother. <laughs> watching Big Brother. I'm not talking to you. I'm talking to everybody else because no one else is watching. Big How is that show still? Out? What are the ratings like in Big Brother? It ain't good. You Stuart, you it's would like, know better than it's me. Not though. bad.
0: No, they it, it fills time for them. You'd be surprised. Smackdown. I don't know if it's better than SmackDown. It's not better than, it's, awesome. it's, hey, it's The not better amount of engagement that you get when you tweet about it is actually kind of surprising. Good engagement, and for CBS, it makes a lot of sense because you're only paying the winner a half million dollars, and you're filling three hours of programming every week on CBS. So, like, cost analysis yeah. makes sense for a network. Uh, it makes sense, but it also makes
1: sense. Like, listen, you're living in a house for a couple of days, $500,000. Thank you very days, much. Yeah. 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 Cool. I, should, I should do that. I should look into that. Go on that show. Let's go on We'd it win. together, I'm all kidding. three of us. We just got Luchasaurus no. was on it. Was he really? Oh, yeah. Not, now, you have, now you have my attention. Before he was
0: Luchasaurus, he was no on, kidding. Man. Oh, yeah.
1: Now you have my attention. Mm-hmm. All right, I'm we'll do a little research, put in my resume. All right, more to come when we get back here at ESPN 690. Bottom line is, they won those moments of, of truth. You know, we had some reads. You know, they are long and they are an extremely good defensive team. Uh, so your windows happen much quicker thought we had some opportunities but you do have to credit uh their defense and you know that they just made some more plays you know going down down the stretch and um you know we'll respond you know that, that's not even uh, that's that's academic at, at this point uh, we'll just rest up uh, tomorrow and get back to work and uh and get ready for for the next one miami heat head coach eric spolstra Go down in the series three to one the Los Angeles Lakers. I'll be honest, Bam came back and I'm like, this series is about to be two to two. Like I was not expecting Bam to come out right away and do what he did. Jimmy Butler was still doing his thing in the first half. But at the end of the day, too much Anthony Davis, too much LeBron James, and I always been asking who's gonna be that guy that steps up. That, you know, when things are on the line, you need that third guy to, you know, go to and KCP proved to be that guy last night a little bit so the lakers go up three to one i think it's kind of a foregone conclusion now that it probably will win the nba championship um and you know that's probably the way it should go down but i'll tell you what if you're a miami heat fan right now i'm sure there's probably 10 of you listening probably not even maybe three of you hardcore heat fans listening right now you gotta like what you see though from your team um you're, I mean, obviously Jimmy Butler is one thing, but the, the emergence of Bam, the, the, the development of Bam, um, is crazy. Tyler Hero. I mean, has anybody grown more in an NBA playoff, like, tournament, if you will? Then Tyler Hero, like that guy started from, you know, just a kind of an everyday guy in the regular season to go into the bubble. Now is a certified starter. Now is a, a certified can be a game record, has a great three ball. Obviously, he shoots, can drive, can dish, can rebound. Guy can do it all. And by the way, the youngest guy to ever play in an NBA playoff series. So um, I think you like Tyler Hero going on the line. Like you have a lot of pieces, I think, to be successful for a, a long time to come. And give Eric Spoelstra some credit too, right? This is a guy who always kind of lived in the shadow of what well, he had. Chris Bosh, he had LeBron James, he had Dwayne Wade. How come he didn't win more? You know what? He's doing pretty dang good right now with a roster that's a lot less talented than the one that he had with LeBron James. So, props to him. I'll be honest though, and then this is my one caveat to that game last night that I saw. Now LeBron James had what? Who's like 28 points, I believe. Yeah, almost really so. went for a triple double. I think he uh, he had like 10 is, uh, 10 rebounds, um, a little low on the assists. But this is why Michael Jordan has ruined me and my enjoyment of the game of basketball. Because to me, I want to go back to game three. And I want to go back to when Jimmy Butler goes off for 40 points, 40 plus points, wins the game, and then goes to LeBron and said, you're in trouble. Now, yes, LeBron said it first, but then Jimmy Butler comes back and says, you're in trouble, right? Right. When Jimmy Butler said that, and listen, I I didn't gamble on this game. I didn't make any bets. But if I was a betting man in Vegas, I would have put my mortgage down to say that LeBron James is going to have a triple double or at least score over 40 points in Game Four, because I'm so desensitized with Michael Jordan. Where it's like, when anytime somebody called out Michael Jordan, what was the response? I'll put the team on my back. I don't care if I have Scottie Pippen, Kukoc, Longley. I'll do it myself because I'm Michael Jordan. LeBron James isn't like that because. They're two different players. Like, LeBron James is a facilitator as well. Like, people forget that about his game. He's probably one of the best passers, not the the best passer to ever do it, right? So, when it was the fourth quarter crunch time, and I'm watching LeBron James here, and they're up by, you know, maybe four or five. I'm like, all right, this is where LeBron James takes over. This is where, like, the ball's in his hands. But, like, how did the team respond? How did the Lakers respond? Like, he would pass the ball, and all of a sudden, they go to Anthony Davis. Or they would pass the ball, they go to Markeith Morris. It was like... Nobody ever expected LeBron James to take the ball and go, all right, drive to the lane and do your thing. Now, he did it a couple of times, but he didn't take the game over. And to me, that's the biggest difference between Jordan and LeBron is that when Jordan's in a situation, clear the lane. Jordan's going to drive the lane every single time. Hopefully, you can stop him, but good luck. With LeBron James, it's like, I'll drive the lane. I'll facilitate. I'll pass here. I'll pass there. But like, he doesn't take the game over because you know what? He doesn't have to, I guess. Neither did Michael Jordan, but Jordan took it upon himself. So that's the difference between Michael Jordan and LeBron James to me. I would say
0: LeBron's done that in the past when he was with Cleveland. True. When, I, when, and, when when he didn't have, like, an Anthony Davis option.
1: It's a good point. Let's be honest. Jordan wasn't doing this with the Washington Wizards, okay? So, I mean, maybe age is a factor a little bit. Maybe uh, preserving yourself, if you will, is a factor a little bit. But also, we have Anthony Davis. We have other guys around you. I get it. But I'm just saying, I never saw Michael Jordan not embrace that moment where it's like, all right, you want to talk smack about me? I'm going to have the ball in my hand the entire game, and we'll see what happens. Kobe Bryant had the same thing about him, you know, that, that Mamba mentality. Kobe Bryant wasn't going to pass you talk smack about him. Kobe Bryant was going to shoot three pointers. Oh, he, he wasn't going to pass. Regardless. Like he literally takes the ball out and then, like you know, there's no way he's going to pass ever. Zero sits for Kobe Bryant. 81 points, if you will. So it's just listen. It's just it's, it's a contrast of styles. I'm not saying that's that's right or wrong on LeBron James because let's be honest. A lot of the reason why LeBron James could be possibly the greatest player of all time is because he does so many things well. Yes, he can score. But yes, he, he can pass like Pistol Pete or he can pass like, you know, he can facilitate like Magic Johnson. Like that's what makes LeBron James so special. So I'm not trying to hate on it. I'm just saying Michael Jordan kind of desensitized me a little bit and ruined the game of basketball um, with that being said. So, Cruz, here comes the real question. <clears throat> and I want an honest assessment here. I know Big Brother's on tonight, okay? And, and I know that's your thing, fantasy Big Brother. Check it out, everybody, if you want to. I'm not gonna. You gonna you know, and I don't, I don't get a little too political on this show here, so I'm gonna whisper this. You, you gonna check out? Hey, Kooz, look at me, look at me now. I forgot hey, that was hey, on. Hey, look tonight at me, Kooz, hey, Kooz. I'm just saying. You, you gonna dip your toe in the pool? You are just gonna flip over for a couple seconds and watch that vice presidential debate?
0: Here's, here's what what's perfect about this. Hit me with it. Big Brother's on at eight. Oh. That starts at nine. Our show?
1: Our show? Our Big show. Brother? Okay. We're good to go. So you're going to watch it? I'm going to watch both. Dude, so listen. <laughs> hey, listen. I don't care what side you're on, but here's why I'm excited. Dude, Like I, this is like a Super Bowl to me, right? Like This is game seven of some kind of final right now, and here's why. I'm excited. All of a sudden, the energy goes up a little bit for me. Here's why. Last week, I was pumped up. Why? Because it was going to be an absolute crap show between Donald Trump and Joe Biden. Was I wrong? Was it not history in terms of what chaos that was? Did did, did I lie to anybody? No, I didn't lie to anybody. I told you it was going to be an absolute you-know-what show. And guess what? It delivered and then some. I embraced it. I loved it. Everyone loved it. Now, it's not so fun to laugh at because it's for the, the future of our country, yada, yada, yada. But listen. If the ship's going down, I'm going to play with the band. I'm not going to panic and, you know, go a la Leonardo DiCaprio and Kate Kate Winslet, whatever her name was. Regardless of that, though, listen. If you want to compare that first presidential debate to a fight, it would be two fat, drunk guys fighting in a bar. And you know what? We probably should have broke it up, but we sat back and we were entertained. Two fat guys that couldn't fight. We were in a bar fighting. You know what? We loved it. You know what we call that in Wisconsin, by the way, in Central Wisconsin, Coos? Call that a Wednesday. Okay? That's what we call Wednesday in Central Wisconsin. But here's what I'm excited for tonight. Because what was two fat drunk guys fighting in a bar between Donald Trump and Joe Biden is now like Ali and Joe Frazier. Because, spoiler alert, and I don't remember it for anybody, but these two people up here, we got you know uh, Kamala Harris and uh, Mike Pence, they're eloquent speakers. Kamala Harris was a former lawyer. Guess what? She likes to argue. Mike Pence, a very quiet, silent assassin, but a very intelligent individual. Dude, we have contrasting styles, and we have the makings of a good debate. So where the first one was an absolute you-know-what show, I think this one's gonna actually be like, dang. Like, we're we're gonna have some sound bites in this one going back and forth. So show me Ali Frazier. You know what I'm saying? Show me Conor McGregor, Floyd Mayweather. Like, that that's, to me, what this is going to be. And you know what? No one's talking about this one. Because you see any commercials for this thing?
0: No, like you, like yeah, you said, you I didn't forgot know it while, until yeah. you brought it up. And I went, oh, well, yeah.
1: Well, because you had Big Brother on the brain. you know. And yeah. I'm here to tell you, like, listen, check this one out. Now, once again, it's obviously for the good of our nation, yada, yada, yada. I got to have the prerequisites there. But I'm just saying... From chaos, from wittiness, from sharpness, we go from two drunk fat guys fighting in a bar to Ali Fraser, and you know what? I can't wait to see it. Whoo! We just talked politics for about four minutes. i are probably going to get a memo on uh, my email, but it is what it is. Hey, but thanks for tuning in, everybody. I'm Austin Lane, ESPN 690 Action Sports, Jax. That back there is Justin Koo is pushing all the right buttons. Thanks for hanging out. Thanks for saying hi. We'll do it at the same time tomorrow, same bat time, same bat channel. Y'all have a good night, everybody. Stay safe out there.